Hey guys, Future Ollie here. Sorry about the audio quality issues with this episode. We tried our hardest, but there were basically a bunch of weird things going on with the microphone. So there's like some little stops and starts and like some strange pauses that sound like a crazy person edited it. It's just a mic issue. We promise we'll be fixed for next week. Um, so I thought I'd just warn you guys before the episode begins, but we're really happy with the episode overall, so hopefully you guys will still enjoy it, but yeah, just to bear in mind, sorry about the issues, it'll be fixed next week, and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Second of all, saying good night and good morning on Twitter, get a life. Welcome to I Think You'll Hate This. I'm one of your hosts, Ollie. And I'm your other host, Sadie. And this is our podcast. And welcome back. It's been how long? A month? I think so. Just Maybe more than a month. Just over a month. Unfortunately, there was some delays getting back in the studio. Yes. Out of our control. Um, Which is why we're a little later than our promised date from our last episode. Mm -hmm. But we're very excited to be back. Very Um, Very excited to be back in the game, podcasting feeling like a human being again after a very very long christmas break of essay writing i think yeah no like it was a it was a pretty you know pretty fun christmas break i guess like different from usual you like usually it's not like i'm always excited for christmas but there was a particular excitement this year because like i had a bigger like relative yeah relatives family christmas which was really nice and i was home with my parents and then my grandparents came down so that was quite nice um but it was a lot of I think essay stress, mm. um, which I guess sums up our Christmas because obviously we recorded our last episode quite a while ago and yeah. don't have a question from listeners from last episode, so we thought we'd just fill you in on how our Christmases were. But I think we've kind of already done that. What did you get for Christmas, Ollie? Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Every year I put down like a massive list of vinyl, but I always get Taylor Swift. <laughs> As you should. As I should. This is a Taylor um, Swift fan by the podcast. Way, by the way, when we left, we were like, oh my god, all I want is a Reputation Taylor's version for Christmas. Nothing. Stop. Crumbs. It's a good we did. We've got nothing. I feel Uh, like less. We're 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 less close to reputation now. I feel yeah. I feel like it's less likely now than it was a month ago. March. No. No, it'll be the summer. Like June. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if it's yeah. Anyway, Mm -hmm. okay. That's what Taylor mentioned. Um, (laughs) Of the day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I felt like um, in general, I, I. I always get Taylor final, and I'm not complaining. I got Speak Now, um, Taylor's version, and I got um, so pretty. Evermore. Yeah, Ugh. it was nice, Ugh. really nice. Uh, I got some really nice books. Um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a really cute, um, really cute Christmas. Uh, yeah. Mainly just for like having everyone around. I think. Yeah. Aww. Cute, cute. The magic is inside us all. I know. And whereas Ollie got Taylor Swift records i got a load of books which is, oh don't act like that's not what you very, want <laughs> very, I'm, no I'm like all of my christmas list was like i want pen and ink witchcraft by colin calloway <laughs> and my parents you could very, make up a book right now and i'd believe you yeah no that is an actual book <laughs> would highly recommend read it um uh, and by books i do mean like academic books which makes it so much worse but it is what i wanted and my lovely kind parents kindly obliged by um fulfilling my uh, requests. Yeah. Um, so I got a nice new pair of headphones because I've been needing, like, over <laughs> the same ones as mine. So that's really one... confusing. Yeah, it is getting confusing. But like, I, good, I, I think because of before Christmas writing so many essays, like having in-ear headphones like did something and now I just can't stand it anymore it's like really like my ears get really irritated and I just mm. I'd rather just sit with like nothing so it's really nice having the overhead ones I have realized that having long hair and having overhead headphones means you have to make some like life choices to what kind of hair headphone relationship yeah. you're gonna have like do you put the headphones over the hair yeah. do you tuck the hair behind the headphones do you tuck some of it in front of the headphones mm-hmm. and some of it behind the headphones this is a whole experience of like long hairdom that i had never expected that yeah would have existed but for me it's normally just like i usually try and let my hair like air dry a decent amount so i can't wear 
over their head ones because I'm pretty sure they're not waterproof. So I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think that the moisture in your hair is going to destroy your head. It feels weird though too. I don't like putting wet stuff on like <laughs> on top of. Yeah, yeah, don't make a joke. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Feels unnatural. That's all I'll say. Okay, okay. Well, you've got short hair, so you don't have to deal with the like whole issue. Short. You've short. got. It doesn't go over your ears. True. Yeah, that's but the main... But it does go down almost to my shoulders now, so... Yeah, but you don't have headphones true. on no, your true. shoulders. No, true, yeah, no, I don't... Also, I have short hair at the sides. Yeah, exactly. Ollie's a got a mullet, so yeah. any pretense that he Is has that, that, that affects his head wearing. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, thanks yeah. for that. It's so annoying, though, because I feel like when I, when I started... When I first cut my hair that way, I was like... Slay! Oh my god, I'm so... Not, I didn't think I was unique, but I was like... Unique? I was like, unique? But I was like, you know, this is this is cool or whatever. And now I'm like, the amount of times I've been confronted with straight men who have the same haircut of me, including it's my really boyfriend's upsetting. brother. It's and really like, upsetting. He has the same hair you as me, and I'm like, yourself. I have but the same hair as a this. teenage boy. This, this was a trend before you cut your mullet. No, I knew, but I didn't know the extent. You just notice it more now that you're one of them. Yeah. But Not to be fair, I commit, one of them, I commit like, to it a little bit more. Most people have like the shorter one. No, your mullet's quite cute. I like your Thank mullet. Thank you. And it's a nice colour. He's had it all recolored. And, yeah. And he's I'm like, a fake blonde. Well, yeah, but it's like ginger blonde. Yeah, no, we're not blonde. there yet. We're, we're going to get there eventually. But... Are you trying to go fully blonde? Well, you know, it will happen. It's a journey. It's a journey. I don't want to go all the way though, because if I go all the way like immediately, then then I can't, there's kind of nowhere to like shrink back to if it looks bad yeah like at least like true. this it'll grow back and eventually start to look more ginger again that's true but don't stamp it down um <laughs> anyway enough talk about hair we don't have questions this week yeah well we said that yeah shut up <laughs> we're starting again after a long time there's going to be some rusty. Yeah, I'm also, like, exhausted, yeah. which doesn't help. So I, This has not been a good I, week. I feel like we should apologise in advance for the shit show that this first episode is going to be. Yeah. But I feel like, luckily, we have a pretty kind of light, fun topic to talk about, mm. which is, of course, Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, for context, we watched the first series. Yeah. We will, at some point in the future, be doing, I think, a whole episode on season two and three, just because mm-hmm. they're quite... Not different, but it, it's a change in tone and right. kind of style plus um, like we're making our way through it i think faster than we thought yeah we were. we're halfway through season two already but yeah. we're only gonna be talking about season one today yeah um so i guess i should start off by just asking you what did you think did you enjoy it did you love it like i thought you would absolutely hate it no i'm kidding yeah. it's, it's it's yeah it's obviously amazing i i knew i was gonna like it and i think i definitely was very impressed that like it kind of just hits the ground running I think yeah that... like it, we'll talk about it when we get into like the pilot mm-hmm. but I think the whole show in general is just like even even like the filler episodes I don't think are that bad compared to no. other shows I've seen with much yeah more obvious Th- there's only one episode I think that I really don't enjoy watching as a filler episode I still thought that was fine <sighs> I really just don't like the great divide but it's like this whole thing in yeah. like the there was still something cool to talk about with that I felt, which was the animation, where they actually, it's the first time they switch up the animation. Yeah, that's sequence, true. You can, cool. you can talk about that later if you want. Yeah. Um, but um, it's, it's like a whole thing in the Avatar, like, fan base of, like, we all just hate The Great Divide. I remember when I was, like, first watching it, everyone was like, fucking it. Yeah. Can't stand it. Um, which I also fall into. I just think it's boring, but... Yeah, anyway. I mean, uh, well, we'll get into individual episodes in a bit. Yeah. But, like, do you want to... Because, obviously, you're introducing this to me. Do you want to get into, like, your, like, you know... Experience, my my experience your... of Avatar, yeah. So, I, I think it's quite interesting because I didn't watch Avatar when I was younger. I mean, mm. we've discussed it before on this podcast. I was not like a a sky yeah. raised child. Like I didn't have. I think it aired on Cartoon Network. Uh yeah. Uh, oh wait, no, it's it, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's it. Um, so I didn't watch Nickelodeon when I was younger. So mm. I first experienced Avatar when it was put on Netflix during lockdown. Yes. Um. Which I think is quite interesting because, I mean, I don't know if it's just because, like, the algorithm knew that I was watching it, but I feel like there was a mass explosion of on social media of people talking about Avatar all the time. Like, I right. remember, like, Avatar video essays would be published all the time. I remember 
just like my social media feed would be filled with like oh my god oh my god avatar the last airbender like people listening to the music everyone mm. i think it might have also been like a lockdown thing and the fact i can't remember the name of the instrument but the little pin is is it like a cali i'm blinking very much yeah. right now um i'll stall while you stealthily look up um you know no it's not that's... a caliper that's an engineering thing <laughs> You you keep talking. Well, okay. I'll say that. Um, should I just give a brief synopsis? So go for it. Why don't I just do the um, what is it? Earth, <laughs> wind, fire. I'm just doing the fucking banning out of Earth, wind and fire. fire. Air. Um, yeah. Um, long ago, the <laughs> the nations lived in harmony, but then the fire nation attacked, um, and then. Um, Oh, the only the avatar can control all four elements. Um, m- me and my brother discovered Aang, um, who who um, is the next avatar. Um, he's got a lot to learn, but um, I believe Aang can Aang save, can save the, world. the world. Did you <laughs> yeah. find out what it was? <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Yeah, it's called a kalimba. So I was almost nice. there. Not caliper, a kalimba. But it's like I mean, I'll show you a picture, Ollie. Okay, I'll try and describe what I'm looking at. Go on. Um, it looks like, uh, what if an accordion was a keyboard? Not an accordion. You know, harmonica. It looks like what if a harmonica was a keyboard? I guess that is what it looks it's like. like. It's, it's like a little pin. It's like a very small instrument yeah. that you play with your fingers. Yeah, but I remember like everyone was getting them to play in lockdown. So and the and the avatars love theme, which is one of the themes, is, is mm. played on one of those. So like everyone. Oh, was I'd doing love that. to get into the music because I'm a big nerd for music. Oh yeah, that's something we can definitely talk about. Um, <laughs> just I just really want to talk about how you like laying in bed listening to orchestral music. <laughs> We're not talking about what Sadie, the state of Sadie's musical interests are at the moment because it's a little bit dire. Um, <laughs> but I guess, um, yeah, so Avatar in general is a pretty well acclaimed show. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not just since coming to Netflix that it became really popular. It's yeah, really popular no, at the time, really well acclaimed at the time. A lot of people call it like the best animated series. It's a big ever. touchstone for a lot of people who later would go into animation and work on other things. Like, a big inspiration for people. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can speak more to that aspect than I can. Yeah, no, I think um, I, it's something that. It's interesting. I think my relationship with Avatar has, is, I would say, similar to Doctor Who in that it's something that's always been, like, on the fringes of things that I like. People mm-hmm. always talked about it. But I never... While I could never really see myself getting into Doctor Who, I always knew I would love yeah, Avatar. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't... Like, it, you know when you just, like... There's... It's not just a show. It's such a big world. Yeah. Like, there's books and comics and and you know like a million things and like as someone who is part of like various other fandoms or was part of various other fandoms too it can be a lot like it can feel daunting to like get into yeah. that so yeah. like i feel like a small part of me was like i know i'm gonna love this but i don't want to half-ass it so i feel like if i go into it mm-hmm. you've got to commit yeah. and i just i didn't feel like it until we yeah did this. and now i'm like okay now i'm into it now i can get excited about the yeah. animated movies well i guess something worth mentioning is the fact that avatar is not the only thing in the Avatar universe. Yeah. I mean, Avatar is an Avatar The Last Airbender because they then did um, kind of a sequel series called The Legend of Korra, which mm-hmm. is the Avatar after Aang. Yeah. And then there's also a bunch of comics um, and books. two books on Avatar Kyoshi, which is the Avatar, two Avatars before Aang. We'll um, and then they've also got announced like a year or two ago that they're going to release some movies and I think maybe another TV show but I'm not too sure I know mm. there's definitely a Kyoshi movie coming I which I'm so excited about I there's at least three movies coming. yeah yeah I think one of them's Kyoshi I think one of them's Zuko as well um, the only one I know about is called like Aftershocks or something and I think it's supposed to be about Aang and yeah. his friends but I don't know enough because yeah. I haven't even gotten to the end of the show yeah so a, a, a big thing that they really I think that is almost quite necessary for these kind of big monolithic fandoms is mm. it's just got so much world building right mm. like you really feel like i mean even that opening kind of credit where it it kind of zooms it, it starts off with a map of the world and you get to see the four nations then it moves into mm. um the the northern the the southern water tribe where you, and stuff like that you mm. really get to see kind of the, the, this whole world i guess i think that's a good segue it. into like just the world in yeah, general, yeah. Which I think is, it's it's a great example of a really simple 
concept mm-hmm. being like used to like its full potential yeah like i really one thing i really like about it is at least so far and i know that it follows this pattern but like at least so far it sort of you explore each nation yeah. as you sort of go and they all feel big and expansive enough mm-hmm. that like there isn't just like the earth people culture mm-hmm. like there's multiple different earth people like there's yeah. the people who use sand there's the people who yeah like, there's I, you I, know if you're fire you can wield lightning you know there's interesting like i th- i think there's a really interesting i think they do a really interesting thing with the whole like four elements thing because mm. each culture is distinct because they're all tied to this certain element that mm. they're associated with and kind of the values of the culture mm. are associated with the nation like um the the water tribes are meant to be quite like flexible because water is a really flexible element and then interestingly that also ties in with the kind of um movements that they have to make in order to like water bend so uh, i mean all of the um kind of bending styles are based off um traditional kind of martial arts um and they're all different martial arts which the show creators thought represented the nations quite Mm. well and then you've got the kind of fiery like to the extent where it gets imperial um Mm. fire nation you've got the really like strong kind of tough um earth nation and then Mm. the air nomads who are quite like spiritual and stuff like that so it's it's all very distinct and then i think they tie in the different bending styles and the sub bending styles as well into that like you get the the swamp water benders and that's something different in itself well i think for me it's like it would be enough if they already did like all of that stuff like all of mm-hmm. the stuff to do with this individual people and the cultures and the mm-hmm. nations to me what takes it a step further into being particularly interesting is the spirit world stuff yeah i think that's what gives it an edge of like i'm personally when it comes to like the sort of more genre stuff that i like mm-hmm. i tend to lean further towards fantasy than realism yeah and i mean avatar is like textbook fantasy i mean in think of like when you read a fantasy book and you see the map on the first page like it has that that's what the opening credits is it's very much like taking from that genre of like telling stories and and everything like that but i like a mythic you know we'll talk about it star wars but like i like things that have um like connections to like something that is more like spiritual mm-hmm. or like otherworldly that can't be explained through just like he has a power suit or he has like a you know i like things that are, are a little bit more interesting in that way and then like also knowing that like it's inspired a little bit by studio ghibli you can kind of tell like yeah. the spirit stuff is quite yeah yeah no i i mean the spirit realm i think is really interesting as well because it's like that specific thing that relates to the avatar which is kind of like the show can't run without the avatar yeah um and it's a really interesting space that you feel that you get to explore alongside ang because he's learning this stuff for the first time mm-hmm. and it just seems like wonderful and mystical and there's like so much going on there that you don't understand and and these like creatures that don't seem to obey the same laws that you do in the normal world i think it, you're right in saying it adds this like extra dimension i mean like ang can't bend in the spirit world yeah um so it adds almost this like certain extra extra challenge and extra layer to the storytelling and i mean further on later in the show like it goes more into like not like the the laws of the the spirit world but like um more in how it works on like a a slightly more technical level um which i always find quite interesting like the spirit realm is one of those things that you just feel like there's so much in there and you just Mm. want to know more and more and more about it which you do in legend of korra um which has you know mixed opinions but um (laughs) yeah yeah one of i think one of my favorite parts of the show is that scene where um, Aang, at the end of season one, in the finale, goes into the spirit mm. world. First off, the, the the moon and the ocean spirit stuff is Very just, like, so cool. But when he meets Ko, the face stealer, mm. um, and Ko's talking to him about, like, his past lives, and then he shows the face of, um, like, he's like, oh, this is, um, do you recognise this face? The lover of one of your... Um, old faces yeah. um and then when you go into the comics you get to find out all the story behind that mm. and it's like tasty tasty little bits of lore yeah. it's that, that um like tip of the iceberg kind of like 
I don't want to make the connection. Mm-hmm. The point is, it, it, it's that kind of thing where you like you tease something, but it, it's not like an unfinished story. It's not like you're like, yeah. I'm teasing that this is going to come back later. Mm-hmm. It's like those little things that just provide like intrigue to the world where it's like, yeah. oh, that's cool. Uh-huh. That would be cool to learn about. Yeah. And then when you have the opportunity to do exactly. that, that's cool. And also that sense of like, well, obviously the story that they're telling is important in that world. There are other stories going on. No, exactly. And there have always been other stories going on which really makes it feel like a real tangible world for like people to explore Mm. and i think that's why it will serve well with the kind of upcoming um movies and stuff like that there is like and we'll talk about it more later with the um with the live action Mm -hmm. show and also with the movie yeah um but i feel like one of the things that works so well about this show Mm -hmm. is that it has a tone to it that I think I wasn't fully expecting when I, I knew it was a kid's show. Yeah. But it's it's quite funny. Like, it's not just like, you know, we'll have a few, like, little one-liners yeah. every now and then. Like, there are a lot of, like, heavily comedic bits. Yeah. Or, like, straight-up, like, funny mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, Iroh and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think that that's a big... Um, like boost to the show for me because yeah. it, it gives it a, f- a different flavor where like everything is taken seriously mm-hmm. but there's it's not that kind of like oppressively heavy like everything is like the end yeah. of the world and stuff which is part of what I'm worried about with the live yeah. action show where it feels like the changes they're having to make to turn it into mm-hmm. this like big epic show means that I think probably they're going to massively tone down the comedy yeah. And I don't know if it will fully work as well for Or, me. like, I'm worried it might fall into that almost, like, aggressive Marvel-type comedy, like, MCU-type comedy, and then it just w- it'll be slightly irritating. But that's what I mean in the difference where, like, if... To me, there's a difference between something like a Marvel movie like Thor Ragnarok, which is a straight-up comedy... Yeah. ...and something like... Uh, Ant-Man and Ant- yeah, like, Quantumania. Yeah, where it's, like, ugh, it, it's it's taken really seriously but they have like a little joke every now and then or whatever for me if you're like if comedy is like part of the dna of what you're telling Mm -hmm. that's fine yeah but i think it can be a little distracting when like everything is like so like yeah whatever and then you have someone be like well Mm -hmm. whatever because they're gonna throw in jokes yeah but i hope that it's not at least the most recent trailer i did not really like the joke with soccer that much um, and that war- I know yeah. it was just like one line it, in the it trailer, wasn't that funny. but it did feel a little bit like they wanted people to laugh because they left like a big pause, and I was like, yeah. I don't know, it's yeah. not really working for me. Yeah, I think the reason, one of the reasons I think that the comedy works so well, and I also think that the fact that comedy works so well speaks to like the show writing itself and like the mm. way that they're able to balance this because and I mean the th- the themes are something I'd like to go into more when we film film <laughs> record an episode on like season two and season three because I yeah. think it explores it a little bit more but the fact that like you can have like fundamentally quite serious topics and like scenes where you also really feel for these characters emotionally mm. alongside kind of cutting back to I don't know soccer making a s- silly joke or doing something stupid um, and it doesn't feel but there's like, like there's whiplash. like a charm to it. Yeah, it's I'm, like everything kind of has like a whimsical quality yeah. to it. And I think part of that is also because the the I mean, while the world obviously is really expansive, the show isn't about the world. It's about those characters, and it spends mm. that time. I think is the reason why the filler episodes are really really watchable and they're not quite tiring is because you feel like you're spending so much time with these characters and they're interesting in themselves that you it doesn't matter whether they're like off fighting like fire lord ozai or yeah. they're in a village yeah. and something stupid's happened because yeah. you know soccer did something yeah. dumb um like you really like enjoy spending time with these characters and you get to know these characters and feel their reactions are so real that it's it's like it it feels like it could happen that like in one scene like Aang's having a mental breakdown and another scene like Sokka's doing something really stupid um which I mean I think applies to the episode that we watched last night which is actually a season two episode well I was gonna say like I feel like especially this first season there there's a little bit of filler in the middle but to be honest I've watched a lot of tv shows yeah and I feel like they're all like shows like this mm-hmm. and I feel like there's normally a lot more than there is in this. 
But I feel like they very cleverly do a thing where as the show progresses and the and the story starts to become the main the really like really big like mm-hmm. propellant of the narrative. I feel like those moments of like silliness that were in the like fillery episodes or like I don't even want to call them filler because that seems yeah. derogative. Like the the, the standalone like episodes yeah. <laughs> start to be like compressed into like moments yeah where i feel like a couple of the episodes we watched recently that are, well when we get into season two it yeah. really takes it to a whole other level yeah but like there are like moments at the start where there'll be something really silly or like mm-hmm. a silly subplot and then suddenly we're back into like something yeah. else and it doesn't feel like whiplash instead it just feels like they're keeping that tone but without losing sight of like yeah they don't have enough storytelling mm-hmm. room to really have that many weird yeah like, and it, it's where like oh, my favorite seasons are season two and season three i think probably season three is my favorite mm-hmm. but i wouldn't change season one to make it more like season two and three because i think that time spent where there's like not because the thing at the end of season one is you're introduced to this time pressure mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a deadline and they yeah. like have to do certain things by certain deadlines yeah. otherwise the world's gonna die or whatever um and i think the time that you get to spend with those characters in season one with these more like oh these are just kids kind of messing around a little yeah. bit lays the groundwork that you need to then go into season two and season three knowing what these characters are like and also kind of coming back I mean I'm not going to spoil anything for the end of season three but like coming back to kind of things that are left a little not to the sidelines they're just not really relevant to kind of the 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 movement of the pace of the story when you get into season two and three Mm. um they they do I mean they drop little kind of easter eggs and little little bits throughout but then it really mm. kind of comes full circle when you get to the end and you see like things that are established in season one or certain character dynamics that are established yeah. in season one kind of be fully realized yeah. and everything like that which i think is good yeah <laughs> good storytelling good narrative progression mm. um suki for example comes back yeah who i love i love the kyoshi warriors so much um but yeah do you want to take a quick break and then we can kind of deep dive a little bit more into maybe what you thought of the pilot? Yeah, sure. Cool. We'll be back in five for us and like two seconds for you. Welcome back, everybody. Um, pilot. Yeah. We, we told them what we were. Okay. Gonna do. Well, I mean, should we just like say um, before we get into the pilot, like just some like standout episodes of the season? Because I think I I kind of want to touch on a couple other episodes as well. Okay. Um, okay. Like I think I re- well, obviously the finale is great. Oh my god! Don't um, I I can't watch that finale without like tearing up because yes. I think it's just so excellent. And I think the I really like the two-parter in the spirit realm. As yeah, well. that one's the good. winter solstice. I think. Yeah, the winter solstice. Yes, yeah, that one was really good. Well, that's when you first get introduced to the spirit realm. And I generally, I generally think that the first five or six episodes are straight all killer, no filler. Yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah. think they all like kind of Kyoshi Island, um, yeah. the one where he meets Haru. Yeah. They're all pretty, um, like, slow. Go on to book... Well, I'm getting my notes. There's the, the prison one. The pri- like, yeah, the Haru yeah. prison pri- I'm pretty sure, like, the one. first half of the season, all the way to, like, the yeah. Winter Solstice. The Southern Air Temple's the third one, and that one's obviously great, because, yeah, the King of Amashu's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then it's the spirit world, yeah. And then I... Um, I feel like this is an unpopular opinion. Don't love the waterbending scroll as much as the others, which is the one where K- Katara steals the waterbending scroll. I don't mind that one. I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of out of character. Yeah. And also, like, it then kind of goes against it because it establishes Aang as, like, a really naturally talented waterbender, and then Katara immediately becomes a master after spending, like, a week in the Northern Air Temple, yeah. uh, and Aang can't waterbend for shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jet, I think, is good. Great divide. We already know my opinions on Storm, I think, is excellent. Blue Spirit, which I feel like we need to talk about later. Yeah, that's another one that um, I really like. Fortune Teller's Mare. Beta of the Water Tribe. I like the, the Fortune Teller one was really funny, I thought. It's funny, yeah. It's, it's just like one of a solidly mid one of the season, but yeah. the season's excellent. So when yeah. I say Mare, like, that means I really enjoyed yeah. it. Beta of the Water Tribe, also like a mid one for me. Um, the Deserter. I can't remember what that one is. Oh, right. That was um, the, the guy who sets... When, when when Xiao's like uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that one I quite like the Northern Air Temple I like and you didn't 
I have opinions about it from a from a thematic perspective. Yeah. And then I think all the ones in the water bend the northern water tribe. Okay, I think we should really good. I think we should touch on the winter solstice, the blue spirit and the air temple okay. one. Okay. But let's start with the Okay, cool. Start with the pilot. Pilot. Very strong pilot directed by Dave Filoni, which I knew he was involved with the show. Mm-hmm. He's a big big he, I think he's currently chief creative officer of Star Wars. Probably. He's 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 not like he doesn't approve approve things, but he's a heavy consultant on basically mm-hmm. everything that gets made. Amazing. So he was like George Lucas's protege. I'm pretty sure I mentioned him in our Star Wars episode. He got his start in animation in basically through Avatar. He's a big part of the show, mm-hmm. um, and he directed these first two episodes. Um, and uh, I thought it was a really really solid beginning. Yeah. I what I really like about it is that. It feels like, again, it does that stolency thing. But also what you mentioned earlier, where it kind of starts and the story's already begun. Yeah. And you're like, this is something that I'm worried about. Again, another thing I'm worried about with the live-action adaptation, that they said they're going to start it a bit differently. Yeah, because it's going to start with Aang. We know it's going to start it's, with Aang yeah, flying uh, yeah. 100 years beforehand and then getting trapped. But yeah. we need you need to... I think the reason you need to start with Katara and Sokka is because you need to establish their sibling relationship and then you need to establish their relationship with Aang and then you also need to know who Zuko is. And that... I mean, I think that's why the pilot's so great because literally within the first 10 minutes you're like, this is pretty much the character dynamics that the whole of the first season is going to be. Well. Yeah. And I don't think in... Sometimes... In like pilots, there's a there's a sort of and this is just necessity of like not having enough time or mm-hmm. not having or having to just hook people in quickly. Yeah, people have to make big decisions or big changes within small periods of time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though the first episodes, I'm pretty sure like twenty minutes, and the second yeah. episode is like twenty minutes. Or they're all so about twenty very, minute half now. Yeah, so they, they're not like extended for being a pilot or whatever. Yeah. In pretty short periods of time, I felt like all the deci- decisions made made sense. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Like, it made sense to me that Katara wanted to come with Aang yeah. by the end. It yeah. made sense that, like, Sokka would join. It made sense that, like... I mean, that's even an episode later on, isn't it? I can't even remember. I, I get the first few episodes mixed up, because it's... I'm pretty sure they're all together by the end of the second episode. To me, the no. first two episodes yeah. are all one story. Yeah, yeah. The, by the end of the second episode, um, Katara and Sokka fly off with But Aang. when I'm talking about the pilot, I mean the first two oh, episodes. Okay. Because I don't think the first episode on its own is enough. No. I think that there's a clear, like, through line between yeah. the first and then the e- The second one feels like, okay, now we're starting yeah. the story. Yeah, um, I, Considering they were directed by the same person, they were probably conceived together, and I would almost, oh, yeah. almost... Like, I don't know this for sure, but I would guess they probably aired at the same time. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Um, but, I can't be bothered. But yeah, I'm going to assume that they were, because they, they make sense to them. Yeah, they, they do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I really liked... I also just liked the interesting... I know this is kind of connects with the world building, but I also like the fact that the ice was is kind of the main terrain of the waterbenders. Yeah. I just find that interesting because I wouldn't have immediately guessed that if you know like i would have imagined something like you know like a seaside tribe or like a like a Mm -hmm. something like i find it interesting that they have this so so, like prominently yeah well well, i don't i don't know if it was like this was the reason why but i mean obviously avatar takes a lot of images from primarily asian culture but also like arctic cultures so Mm. like um inuit yeah culture is is kind of what forms the basis for the mm-hmm. water tribes yeah um i just think it's interesting in a good way yeah that, yeah. that was what they chose e- because exactly. i think it's a different kind of uh-huh. and it's yeah. also something that i feel like you don't often get represented on screen kind mm-hmm. of um this like indigenous last airbender movie yeah yeah no uh, i don't know if polar would be the like the right term but like people who live on the poles yeah (laughs) um i guess no one lives in the south pole actually no so just just the the north pole yeah (laughs) testing my geography knowledge there um yeah it's one thing that the um m light Shyamalan movie really screws over is it just casts white people in all of these roles Mm -hmm. um except the bad people because the bad people of course aren't white which is just horrendous Mm -hmm. um and also like 
each culture, I think, is very clearly inspired. Like, yeah, th- there's of different And then you could make a strong case that, like, especially the Fire Nation are inspired by, like, Eastern... Oh, oh yeah, I mean, the, the show is primarily inspired by Chinese culture, but it yeah. also takes, like, East Asian, Southeast Asian, yeah. South Asian. Also, like, um, indigenous North Americans slightly, not too much. Yeah. Um, and Siberian culture as well, so... Yeah, which I think they change up in the movie too. Like, they're not... I'm I'm not too sure. Yeah. I've not seen the movie in a while, but the movie sucks, like... Yeah. (laughs) I still think it'd be really funny to talk about the movie for an episode. I just really wouldn't like to, but it would easily go right to the bottom. Um, I just think it'd be interesting to compare it to the new show, if whether or not it's good or not. That's true. I hope the new show's good. Visually, it looks faithful. I'm already certain... I mean, the casting is excellent, I think. Most of the casting. Yeah. I think in terms of... Let's not get into it. (laughs) This this is a whole other conversation. Yeah, the casting is representative of the people from whose cultures it's influenced by. I won't 100% say that I think all of them look like they're embodying the characters. Yeah, but we'll find out. Some of them are excellent casting. Yeah. Some of them are actual. Iroh. is just... Oh, my God. Not only Paul Sung Young Lee, Mm -hmm. absolute fucking jam. Yeah. Casting, not only... A comedic actor in the role which i think mm-hmm. is fantastic but also someone who has experience in like big genre stuff now that he's in star wars and he's a massive star wars fan yeah like there's it's, it's just fun because i love him i just think he's, he's such a nice guy he's just the guy himself is, is is like a massive nerd i'm sure he probably loves yeah avatar I'm, and was very excited to be Iro. yeah <laughs> i'd almost certainly say that's probably why he's in it yeah um, so what was the next episode you wanted to talk about? Okay, uh, the Winter Solstice. The Winter Solstice, yeah, I mean that's like the introduction to the Spirit Realm, right? Yeah, I thought that was, that added a new wrinkle that I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. They kind of talked about it already, because obviously the whole point, I don't think we mentioned this yet, but like the whole interesting point I think about the Avatar is that it's a, like one consciousness, I suppose, like over like yeah, it's like the same same like soul, reincarnation. Re- yeah, reincarnated. Um, and they're all like different people, but like they share like a common memory. Spirit. Yeah. Spirit. Like spirit. Yeah. Um, and um, I thought it was interesting to like establish the idea that you could commune with the previous avatar, um, mm-hmm. and then like the idea that that was again like a whole other spirit realm. Yeah. Or, like, I assume in some way that will come back again. <laughs> Um, a yes. lot of the stuff established in that episode. Y- yeah. Um, I just think it's a really, really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Classic, just big, cute monster. Yeah. That I thought was great. Yeah, I I love like things, and I think you'll probably like this as well because of Star Wars. But like this whole idea of like a person going into. Um, their own kind of space where they have a mentor who teaches them their ways. And okay. Okay, I need to. I, I, I wasn't going to say Yoda. Up, I need to straight up get this out of the way first. Okay, yeah. quick, just a quick Star Wars. Okay, go on. Okay, when I say this, I'm not just saying this as like I want to make connections with anything. Avatar genuinely has creative connections between them. There are multiple actors from Star Wars who are involved in it. <laughs> multiple big creatives from the beginning of the show went on to do Star Wars. Yeah. So either it influences like both ways. It's yeah. not just like one or the other. Yeah. Um the spirit the specifically the airbenders are literally Jedi. Like they are monks who have like a sort of like inner peace to them and have like a community like like especially the Avatar like mm-hmm. being able to commune with like yeah. spirits. Yeah. And like the the like just like the blue imagery of the spirits yeah. too. I mean like there's yeah. a lot of there's obviously big differences. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously influenced by, like, Buddhist monks as well. Yes, and obviously Star Wars is massively inspired by, like, um, like East Asian mm-hmm. culture. Um, and, again, Dave Filoni's obsessed with, like... Um, he's, he's really into people like... Um, oh, fuck, it's, I'm, it's, I'm losing my mind. I'm forgetting. Basically, a lot of, like, classic um, East Asian cinema is, mm-hmm. like, a big influence for him. Mm-hmm. Kurosawa, that was what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Like, a lot of stuff like that is a big influence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I feel like that was kind of my doorway in, where I was like, yeah. I love this shit. I love, like, a little goofy person who yeah, is, we, like, we love Avatar Roku spiritual. appearing in his spirit realm to, to like, yeah. teach Aang, Aang his ways and, like, going yeah. and flying on his dragon off to his yeah. temple. Like, it's really cool. Yeah, there's um, a lot of... Just a lot of the... Not only the thematic, but also, like... Um, 
I don't know, like literal elements of like the world building all feel very much like the same sort of DNA as Mm -hmm. Star Wars, which is why I felt very instantly like I could get in there. Even like the fights and the matchup, like we'll get into it when we talk about season two. Yeah. But even Iroh like talks about like what needing to be able to have balance between everything. Like there's just a lot of stuff that like even if you don't have that power you should still try to have the balance. You know, there's a lot of (laughs) stuff like that that I think is kind of similar. Um, even the fact that like some people have the power naturally and some people yeah. don't. No, anyway, <laughs> point is, it's um, yeah. I think that that it was already interesting to me, and then this episode kind of opens it up into a like a, a like metaphysical, like um, metaphorical kind of um, spirituality, which yeah. I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then if we want to get into the blue is it blue spirit the blue spirit the one so in that one it's like zuko has this like alternate alternative identity oh which by the way yeah with each app we're going to be spoiling this yeah one. i feel <laughs> like we should have said that at the start but um but like i mean it's, <laughs> it's been out since like i think it started two years after we were born yeah so if you you've know, not seen it by now i mean i'm gonna try and not spoil how things go for you in like season well yeah two. i'd appreciate that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like i don't know i mean we'll, we'll say it now but the point is um, Zuko is has an alternative identity. Yeah, I think it th- that episode is really what I I mean. Kind of if you're coming into it not because obviously you you know as Ollie where Zuko's arc's gonna go because everyone talks about Zuko on the internet and everyone yeah, knows, knows what like, happens to Zuko. Yeah. Um, but I think going into it only experiencing Zuko with like a completely blank slate you kind of just see him as this like angry teeny angry kind of messed up teenager well, I, I wanted to talk about this because i found it interesting that i went into it expecting mm-hmm. something different than what i got and not just yeah. like oh he he redeemed or like he starts to redeem himself mm-hmm. that i felt was very obvious yeah you things yeah <laughs> but even just from like how the characters coded yeah uh, being like around the same age as them just like there's certain storytelling tropes that like kind of make you think that yeah but I, when it started i was surprised by how quickly he isn't like yeah. i feel like even when he's at his most like oh, i'll get you or whatever there's never any point where i feel like he does anything at least so far mm-hmm. that where he takes it too far yeah i think i mean obviously, which i was surprised by. yeah i think the the important thing for that is like the character of zhao and the fact that like you very after the first two two episodes or so realize that zuko is not the main villain of the yeah. series it's zhao yeah. and then in season two that's azula yeah. um like zuko is never like the primary antagonist yeah. for the stories in many ways he's a protagonist because you want him to do better than zhao and you but find yourself rooting for him talk about him yeah as being like a like an enemy to like friend kind yeah of thing to me that made me think immediately again star wars it made me think immediately of like oh dark side redeems himself yeah. becomes like mm-hmm. the lights instead i think it was much more different than that it was just like someone who kind of has been forced into a position is clearly got a lot of trauma yeah i mean he is also trying to like kill them yeah <laughs> but it's not like it's the difference between like saying like a character is evil yeah and they're the villain because mm-hmm. that's easy to, if you just go this guy is evil mm-hmm. um or like this guy is chasing them but you don't show on screen that they're really doing anything super evil yeah it's a lot easier than to be like they're learning their ways than if someone later on could be like like take like this is a way that i think star wars has been has this show has influenced Star Wars the other way around. Yeah. Kylo Ren is very clearly a Zuko character. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's complete with the scar and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, very similar. The difference with that is that, and I don't want to crack that whole can of worms because there's so many debates about it, but he does so many things in those movies that are quote-unquote indefensible. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I don't think Zuko ever does anything that ever really, like, I is mean... as bad as murdering your own father or, like... You know, no. do you know things that that other characters do that then yeah. they get redeemed? I mean, for. I think part of that is also because it is a kids show. But like, I would True, say that at the end of season, there's some pretty dark stuff in the show. Yeah, but at the end of season one, where like he, like cap, he he like knocks out Katara yeah. while she's by herself yeah. and takes Aang's unconscious body to the middle of the like yeah. ice <laughs> to like. I thought it was really funny. I <laughs> I kind of find him funny. 
Like, not in, like, a, I don't take him seriously It's, it's kind of goofy. He's like, kind of goofy. He's like, I must capture the yeah. Avatar to restore my... I mean, Azula even does it in yeah. season two, where she makes fun of him. Like, he's he's kind of meant to be a little bit like, okay, it's okay, okay. Um, but that's what I mean when I'm like... Mm-hmm. I think the show works so well because that's the exact tone it goes. Like, it's almost... It's self-aware, but yeah. not in, like, an aggressively, like... Oh, what's the... What am I thinking of? Like, I like these movies, but not in, like, a Deadpool way. Yeah. It's not like in a, oh, I can't believe that just happened mm-hmm. sort of thing, but in more of, like, a... Uh-huh. Like, the show runners are aware of the tropes. Yeah. And they kind of play on it in a little way. Yeah. And I think that it's... Like, I, I like the fact that... And I just feel like that could be lost if you, like... If the whole show is taken seriously and he's super serious, yeah, and no one ever—I bet you—they would never mm-hmm. do that joke in the show, no. in the live-action one. So I'm like, at that point, is he even going to be as fun of a character for me if he's not like yeah. this very like, oh, mom? Like, <laughs> I kind of love that about him. Yeah, he—he's a little bit daddy issues. He's a yeah. little bit. He's like a teenager. Yeah, he—and that's what I think is great. And I also think like it kind of speaks to the show. There's not really many characters who are like pure evil like mm. obviously ozai is the primary villain yeah um but e- even then like in season two he kind of gets a little bit developed as a character more you kind of understand a little bit more of his family like you see these characters even the evil ones in like a, a complicated mm. sense like one of the things that i find I, I think is a really interesting moment is at the end of season one where the ocean spirit picks up Zhao mm. and Zuko goes to put his hand out to save Zhao but Zhao is too proud to take Zuko's hand yeah. and have him help him back like even though Zhao, yeah. Zhao is obviously like an evil character and you're not meant to like him you kind of have this like oh wow like I I understand you and your motivations mm. and to you can understand to him why he's so justified because he's such a proud character I think yeah. I think like the way that they're all developed on all sides of this like spectrum of good and evil is is fascinating and I think it's done so well kind of like Star Wars with the dark and the light so yeah know. and then like just the fact that there's a I feel like there's a, a shared sort of connection between like it's not just this character's battle there's like a whole culture around it too it's also yeah. like yeah. there's different aspects of darkness and there's the, mm-hmm. and also like the idea that there's always conflict there isn't just like a whole like this person's just evil yeah and, and also, if they it's... are just evil then like there's a there's a like storytelling reason yeah that. yeah and it's not like that it's not like fire nation people are all evil it's like yeah. the fire nation is the one creating the conflict at the moment but you have people like zuko and like iroh who are characters that aren't really villains yeah. and also you get people who do bad things in the earth nation and i mean i think of the water bending um master in the northern water tribe where mm. he won't teach katara because he's sexist um and stuff like that um that's a whole other conversation you could have yeah which i feel like we don't quite have time no, to get no, into no, it I don't think so. um, although i will i do want to touch on iroh quickly yes because i do iroh is my favorite character mm-hmm. i adore him he's really funny um we love like, iroh just just so fucking funny like i actually like straight up burst out laughing yeah. he's not just like slightly funny he's like really funny <laughs> and i think he he definitely has that like mentor mentee like master and apprentice sort of yeah vibe but also like dad also like just cute dad vibes that, that I, I i can't with that bit at the end of season one where zuko goes out on his little dinghy and yeah. ira is like um i i just like need to i i, I need to tell you something and yeah. you know i've always felt and zuko's like don't say it and he's like i always considered you oh, one I, way. and i'm like i don't <laughs> know if this is just because i've watched too many movies i was convinced he was dead I was like, when that happened, I was like, he's dead. What, Iroh? Yeah, because I was really? like, no, because I thought then, I was like, There's, they're doing the, there's something I need to tell you. And he's like, you'll tell me later, or like, don't say it, or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> Iroh's gonna die. Oh, if you want more like, um, Iroh Zuko, like, yeah. s- sad feels, yeah. You've got a storm coming. <laughs> oh, I, I can feel it coming, and I'm very, like, uh-huh. I have, I'm scared. Uh-huh. Um, but... The thing is, I feel like I know Ira's just such an interesting. He he has again that that like mythology type storytelling to him where mm-hmm. that events can happen and things characters can do things. Yeah. But ultimately, the storytelling is that people can 
like redeem themselves or yeah. people can become better yeah. so even though Iroh is literally a war criminal yeah he, everyone forgets that but the, I don't know if the show ever actually explores what causes such a big change in Iroh's character yeah. until The Legend of Korra mm-hmm. um, interestingly but there is some like you can tell that Iroh knows some stuff yeah more on the spiritual side but like he, but he, you don't know where he has that knowledge from and you don't know what happened between him like laying a siege to Ba Sing Se and like being the like best uncle we yeah. didn't know we needed like, but it's like it's like it's like the Darth Vader thing of like he does like a million bad things but then in the end he's like redeemed yeah and it's like it doesn't matter because it's a it's a mythology yeah. like in terms of like would he actually be a good person if he lived in real life. Probably he should go to jail, yes. Yeah. But it's a story, and yeah, that's kind uh-huh. of... Like, these big ideas can just exist, and you can be fine with it. You don't have to argue about it on the internet. Like, yeah. it's just a story. Yeah, I don't see anyone arguing saying that we should all actually hate Iroh as a No, because, because... Iroh's just too, too sweet. Also, again, we don't see it. Yeah. Again, if, like, Zuko, if they showed on screen him doing some of the stuff that they, like, imply that he does... Mm-hmm on screen, I think that would make it much harder for you as the audience to yeah. be like, okay, I like him now. Mm-hmm. But they don't show any of yeah. it, which I think is very smart because I think he's a sweet person who should never be hurt. Mm-hmm. It, it's smart, but I mean, also there's something, I don't know, I hate, I, I don't think, I, I can't be critical of it because I, I do love these characters and I, I kind of love the way that they're presented. But um, it is kind of that sense of like, um, you don't want to face kind of the reality of things and what you don't see can't hurt you kind of thing. Like, no, exactly, that's we, what I we mean, avert, yeah. we, we deliberately avert our gaze from yeah. that thing because of what they show to but us But because it honestly, that's what I'm trying to say though, like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, because yeah. if it was real life, it would. Mm-hmm. But because it's a, it's a show, it's like, okay, yeah, he was evil back then, but like, thematically it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because he's redeemed himself. Yeah. He's become better, everyone can make a better choice eventually. Yeah. Just, and that's a story archetype that we yeah. can just accept. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, actually, one last thing I just want to talk about is what did you think of, like, the animation as the art itself? I thought it was a really interesting style. It's obviously, like, anime Yeah, I mean, it's animated by, um, I think it's three South Korean animation companies. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not a, like, US-based... Well, like, we talked about Korra was animated by one of the ones we did for Star Wars Vision. Yeah, exactly. Um... Um, and um, w- what I personally quite like about it is this like sense of movement that you have in every single scene. Mm, um, good like fluidity. And, like, yeah, yeah. B- because like often in animated shows, which like there's a little, a little maybe lower budget, mm-hmm. um, when the character's not doing something in a scene, the animators don't move the character. Yeah. But every time that there's a conversation going on and there's a character that might not be doing anything, you're brought into the emotions of that character because you see the emotions on their face and you see them change when they're like saying something well, usually, or like they I hear something being said that's like a hallmark of like anime because anime infamously produces so many episodes yeah so there's, a, there's like only so much time that you could probably sp- i don't i'm not an expert in anime no. but i would guess that's probably because yeah if you're producing like a thousand episodes exactly. of a tv show exactly. you can't really whereas that's what avatar does slightly differently yeah and i think but it- then- I would say there's like sorry you finish. Oh no 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 you go. I was gonna say I would say there's like anime inspiration, but oh. I wouldn't say it's like there's definitely like some like traditional two D animation like being mixed in there. What like um like traditional like West Ho- Hollywood yeah. yeah um definitely so I I think the main thing is like the the way that emotions are expressed on the characters' faces and the almost like I don't I don't there's probably a analytical word for this but like when it's not something that a person could do in real life like a person can't uh, like within like within... plasmaticism sure um but that's more about movement but i know what you mean where, like, like where the character that... will like like, where, like appear in one place they've the got scene. like a really big head and they're like ah! yeah they, they get like to like emphasize anger from like far away like there's yeah. ways that their bodies can move yeah to like express or, or like anger will be really excited he'll be, he'll be over there and then he'll just appear over yeah. on the other side of the screen and it's just showing that he's excited they do it a lot with soccer yeah like, soccer's like face mm-hmm. or like his body will often be like shifted and moved around mm-hmm. for like, with the eyes the, the eyes, eyes get bigger and like, and yeah and like mm-hmm. yeah there's that's definitely something that I didn't expect to be in the show as much as it is which is very anime inspired yeah but I think it was really mm-hmm. really interesting yeah um, and yeah no I just thought that like all of that like I said with The Great Divide it was cool that they had a different like animated sequence for a little bit mm-hmm. all of it just felt like 
it used animation really well, but I think obviously we've been talking for a while, so I think we could probably save some of that for ne- next yeah. time. We can kind of put a um, to be expanded on yeah, in so, yeah. another episode at some there's point. There's so in the much future. I want to talk about that's in season two yeah. because I feel like season two we're only <laughs> it, halfway through, but it's already like I want to talk about Toph. Yeah. Oh my god, we love Toph. I love Toph so much. Um, um, but for another episode. Um, but until then. We have to rank this. So where on our ranking board, I've now got to get the ranking board up because yeah. I really can't remember um, where everything was. But I'm assuming this is going to be pretty high, right? Like, yeah, um, we we both enjoy this. Yeah, no, we we, we had a pretty good fucking time. Yeah, I, I would say it's pretty near the top. I'm trying to think, could it be our top one? Because at the moment, I think our top is Zelda. Yes. Do you think it's better than Zelda? Because I think it might be. I think it is too. Do you think it's our top one? I agree. Actually, okay. I... Okay, this is complicated, actually, because I've just realised mm-hmm. we're technically only talking about season one. Yeah, this is... That That was my thought, and I love this show, but just judging it on season one, I don't know... If, I, if we're judging it just on season one, I think it goes just below Zelda for me. <sighs> I think if we're judging it based on what I've seen so far of season two, I think it should go number one. I think for the sake of no not having so much confusion, I think we should just treat it as one whole thing. Okay. I'll, t- I'll take your judgment. In which case, obviously, it's a top yeah, thing that I we've done. Um, so we have a new number one. Yes. Very um, exciting. Very exciting. Um, go on. Give it to me. Okay. So we're going to switch things up a lot. Okay. <laughs> so I thought, you know, we've done a lot of different mediums. Are you so going to make far. me listen to some music? I've got that pitch. There's something called... Um, like building up anticipation, and now you've ruined that. So, okay, oh, we're doing music. I'm sorry. Fine. Um, okay, we're gonna do music. Now, it's difficult. Mm. I've wanted to do this for a while, but it's difficult because what are you gonna make me Sadie and I share a lot of the same music taste. Yeah, the problem is so the reason I haven't done music with Ollie is because Ollie shares my music taste. Yes. It's just I don't share all of Ollie's music taste, so I'm That's now actually a good scared. way of putting it. It's like I I share probably most of what you listen to. Yeah. But you don't share all of what I yeah. listen to. Yeah. And the stuff that I listen to that you don't is more just because you haven't got round to listening yeah, to it exactly. yet rather than you don't like it, you no, don't exactly. want to listen to it. And the thing is, I also didn't want to just pick something that you wouldn't like. Oh, okay. Like, I joked about doing, like... Please don't. Uh, I joked about doing, like, Pink Friday, no. too, which was just not a good album anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like... I, that's just like more of like a haha it's funny and say he was, doesn't like it yeah. but I, I want to do something that there's still something to like chew into okay so I settled on rap music because I think rap music I know but rap music has so so many interesting things I, I can appreciate rap music. rap music I think that it, it's done well by a lot of people yeah. um, I just personally don't find it yeah. resonates with my well, I think ears. you'll change your I, I don't know if you'll, like, start listening to it, but I think you'll change your mind once you go through, like, the whole of this and just see, like, how... Can I make is. a guess of who you're going to make me listen to? Yeah. Is it Little Sims? Yes. <laughs> We're doing Sometimes I Might Be Introvert, the album okay. by Little Sims. So I picked this because I was going to pick... I was looking through, like, what are, like, hallmark, like, rap albums that are really, like, good? And I just thought they were too, like... Either some of them were, like, too straight, honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. or some of them, while great, felt like such obvious choices, like, to Pimple Butterfly, I was like, it's a great album, but, like, Kendrick mm. Lamar's such an obvious choice mm-hmm. to do. So I was like, I feel like this is perfect, also because it's like a, it tells it like a story, yeah. every song switches the mood up, yeah. it's just one of my absolute favourite albums. Yeah, I mean, when you've listened to it, I've... Not, I've not hated it. I, yeah. I can appreciate like I, it's quite orchestral in places, yeah, it's and very I like. Orchestral. I like enjoy those. And bits. there's so much to dig into in terms of like themes and okay. like rapper okay. style and like all the. I'm also not like a super like knowledgeable person on rap music, but mm-hmm. I felt like this would be really interesting. Okay. So we're doing something different, and we're finally getting into music, which will hopefully open the yes, door for yes. like things that like you know that I haven't listened to yet because we don't just do things that we're gonna hate (laughs) yeah this podcast is actually a complete sham kind of a bit (laughs) kind of a bit bad timing that you've just got fully started to get me into (laughs) (laughs) okay I keep on guessing all your ones okay let's forget we'll leave the anticipation there yeah um but yeah guys you guys really need to start you know giving us more five star reviews (laughs) 
was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, oh god, what's he gonna, what's he gonna say? No, no, I love our audience, um, but I think. Um, yeah, pl- please rate us five stars. Oh, okay. It's not. It's we've not had another five star rating in like a few weeks. To be so fair, because we haven't done any. We, yeah, I mean we haven't <laughs> we haven't uploaded episodes, but like you guys should still be supporting us. We're gonna yeah. gaslight you into giving us five stars. I'll yeah. cry. Yeah. I'll cry if you don't. We'll cry. Um, no, obviously. Um, send if you want, please do. Um, and yeah, recommend us to friends. Um, let us. I mean, send in any questions. Let us know any like topics. Please send us questions. Let us know if you want any guests because I've got so many fun ideas for like yeah, guests and like, I have them an idea introducing for stuff to, to us. Yeah, we've so. got a lot of we we we've got plans. We, don't mm-hmm. worry, we we we've got some fun stuff coming up. So. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Well, we'll see you all next week, yeah. and we hope you enjoyed our first episode back. And I hope we sounded alive enough. Yeah, I think it was. I don't right. feel alive enough. <laughs> We're dead inside. We're dead inside. Okay. Okay. Bye. Thank you everybody for listening. We'd really appreciate it if you could share this podcast around. So do send it to your friends and your family and your dog and of course your goldfish. Um, and of course rate it five stars and tell all of them to do that too. You can find us on Instagram, threads and TikTok at your hate this pod, Twitter or X, whatever people are calling it nowadays, at your hate this underscore, and also on YouTube. Send us your questions and any business inquiries to I think you'll hate this pod at gmail.com. And of course, listen to the next episode on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever you fancy. Links for everything's in the description down below. Just a reminder that this podcast was hosted by Sadie Mansfield and Ollie Vigny and made possible thanks to the help and studio of KCR Radio. The theme was also produced by Sadie and Ollie. And finally, a big thanks to Lex Robertson for doing the art for the cover. And you can find him at Lex Robertson Art on Instagram. <laughs>